Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. Mavens of Marketing, another episode of the most fabulous marketing podcast. I was going to say on the face, face of the earth, but I think that's a little bit of an oversell. Nevertheless, I'm at the helm. Uh, and Rachel Durkin, my lovely co-host, is here today as well. How are you? You're at the helm. Of course it'll be. Yeah. Best on- <laughs> From your mouth to God's ears. Yes, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here and I'm really excited about our guest today. I, Lauren Ray, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. This is fun. I, we are so excited to talk to you. So Lauren and I met when we were recording for another show and she's a great story, a sparkling personality. My kids are banging at my door. I apologize if you can hear that. And I couldn't wait to talk to her. (laughs) Well, the cool thing about Lauren, and then I'll, I'll let her tell you herself why she's cool, but She's had this great radio career. She was on the Elvis Duran show. She has a strong personal brand and she's she's using it now to move into like a different phase of her adult life and of her career. So Lauren, why don't you introduce yourself to our lovely audience? Yeah. So um, like you said, I worked for Elvis Duran. That was the first place that I, I started working in radio. And then I went on about five years after that to work for the TJ show. We started that show from the ground up in Boston. I was co-hosting. It was a blast. We lasted seven years, which in radio world is a very long time, <laughs> even though that does not sound like a long time. Well, radio years are like dog years, yes. like TV years, right? Yes. Yeah. That was actually 50 years. <laughs> exactly. So I lost my job a little over a year ago, which is really hard to believe. And I became a stay-at-home mom, which is something I never wanted to be. That being said, it's much better now than it was when I first started. Um, Also, my daughter's older, so it's slightly easier. She's a little cooler now, thank God. Um, (laughs) It was rough in the beginning. That'll change. Yeah, I know. That's what I hear. (laughs) And um, yeah, and so I was just sort of forced to like find another creative outlet that made me feel happy and whole because the way that I did that, you know, up until a year ago was the radio and that got taken away. So, um, I pivoted, I went back to learning voiceover cause it was something that I had worked really hard on about 10 years ago and just sort of put it on a shelf. Um, yeah. so I, I took the book back out, dusted it off. I got signed with an agency, which is super exciting. I booked a couple things since you and I last talked. So that's cool too. Hey, congrats. Yeah, thanks. And, um, I'm, I just started a new podcast, so I'm learning different avenues um, in this business that I haven't necessarily explored very deeply before. So I'm, I'm excited about it. So I think one of the cool things is that, right. You had a, a large social following larger than most certainly. And you had this brand that everybody knew that, you know, Lauren Ray, she's the radio gal. How did you keep true to that brand, right? You stood for things. You were, yeah. you were advocates for issues and causes, but you kept that brands 
true well in the middle of this transition and who knows where you'll end up how important was that when you're when you're moving from one spot to the next and how did you do it yeah so it's funny in terms of how i did it it was actually quite easy which i don't know if that's the the best answer that someone wants to hear but i think the number one rule in radio is be authentic and people can see right through you if you're not and yeah. so that extends itself to social media. Um, and it's just always who I've been. I've always been a firm believer in women, badass chicks, as I call us. Um, and yeah, and just trying to tell other people's stories who maybe have these extraordinary contributions to their space and to the world, but maybe don't have as large of a following as I do. And, and mine's not even really that large in the grand scheme of things, but I like to offer what I can and give back with my platform. And so it, it was an easy transition because it's always been who I, I was, yeah. um, you know, in terms of how to keep up with that. It, it, it wasn't super easy because I personally was going through a really hard time. Um, I got really low last summer. We were selling our house. We wanted to sell our house. That's not, but it's a very stressful time. We sold sure. it without a realtor. We did it on our own. Yeah. It was a okay. very stressful time period. And so, um, I just like reached this point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I didn't tell a lot of people about it. And I felt kind of silly not telling people about it because I'm not the only person who lost my job in a pandemic, uh, who's been forced to stay at home and take on this new role that like no one asked me if I wanted to take, uh, with my daughter. And I love my daughter. I hate that. I have to put that caveat out there. I'm just not built to be home with my daughter 24 seven. Girl, by the end of the day, I'm resentful of everyone. Dude. <laughs> like, oh. I hate all of you little shits. <laughs> it's brutal. It's really like there are some. I read a stat that a full time mom works two and a half, the, the equivalent of two yes. and a half jobs. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, all right, I, I have to keep sharing what yeah. I'm going through. Cause I'm not the only person that's doing this. Um, but that being said, I did lose a lot of followers, so I could use your help because <laughs> <laughs> people were like, Oh, you're not on the radio anymore. I don't care. And I was like, okay, see those yeah. fuckers, man. <laughs> I know. Well, so here's, here, you mentioned the importance of authenticity and that's one, that's sort of a buzzword right now, that along with story brand. And you mentioned both of those words and both of them are important when you're marketing your, your personal brand, your business brand, whatever it is, you need to have a story. And sometimes yeah. the story changes depending on the audience, but there has to be an authentic through line that connects all of those pieces, no matter who you're talking about. It's, and I, I know this a little bit from my TV background, right? It, it's, you have to be authentic, but you're sort of one person in one spot and you're, right? Like, I, I could never swear this much when I was on TV. Yeah. So I wasn't entirely authentic. Like, exactly. How did you manage that? So I think first and foremost, we always wanted our show in Boston to be a place where parents feel comfortable bringing their kids. So it's not like we talked about rated G stuff all the time, but we wanted to make sure that it was a place that was relatively wholesome because all things considered that that's, that's who I am. I'm not, 
super edgy in terms of I'm not going to go on and talk about my sex life. It's just not really who I well, that's, am. That's what we wanted to talk to you about. Oh, all right. Then I got to go. <laughs> you know, you'll like, you'll get glimpses into that world, but yeah. overall, I think it's like staying comfortable yeah. and, um, uh, yeah, I think depending on your audience, you do have to be slightly more, um, put together is the wrong word, but a, a little bit more proper and prim in certain places. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like if you're still talking about the things that you care about, that authenticity is just going to come through regardless of whether you're a little more PG or G versus rated R in, in you know, in, in radio world. Did, did you ever struggle with finding that part of yourself? I, I know for me, when I was on TV, I would, you know, especially when I was a younger reporter and a younger anchor, I would, I would watch people and that I liked and admired and I would pull pieces of what they did or their affectations. And I would incorporate them into my performance, if you will. Yeah. And some of it was true to myself and some of it ended up, I'm, I'm trying this on and it doesn't quite fit. So I'm going to have to shove it off. Like, how did you find that? Because, And I'm going to back up. And the reason I'm asking you this question is because so many business owners and entrepreneurs right now are trying to figure out, right? They're venturing into the video world and mm. they're trying, they're trying to sell from the stage or they're selling virtually or they're having speaking engagements because it's one of the great ways to scale their visibility, scare they'll scale their credibility and all that other stuff. But they have trouble finding that story and finding that authenticity, right? And they're nervous. How did yeah. you get over all of that, which I'm sure you dealt with, especially early in your career? Oh, it definitely, it was earlier in my career without a doubt. And I think yeah. you bring up such a good point because we all grow up with these people that we look up to, right? And we admire yeah. and we say, oh, I love that part about them. And I, I like this part about that person. And it's not that we put on this this coat that's not ours. It's just that we learn to build our coat from some of those materials, right? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, there are certainly people, there are two women that I look up to very much, Danielle Monero and Carolina Bermudez, yeah. both on Elvis Duran. And I learned so much from them and they're very different people. And that's kind of what I loved about them. And it was like, Ooh, you know, like Carolina, especially so great with business stuff. Like, let me hone in on that. Let me see, you know, how she does that. And, and, um, and, you know, and Danielle just like, so honest about her, um, her relationship with her family. And it's not to say that Carolina isn't, that's not my point. It's just that sure. people like they strike at certain times and you pick up certain things and you say, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And so it was through a lot of conversations, I think in terms of, especially with the business stuff, like how can I be more assertive? How can I stand up for myself? And I think that stuff came across behind the scenes, maybe a little bit more than on the air, but that's a super important thing in terms of building your brand is, is being respectful of like, yeah, this is what I built and this is who I am. So I'm going to stand up for it. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, there were times where I, I would try certain things and I'm like, this isn't for me. It's just not yeah. like, I remember I, I was doing some voiceover lessons and, um, they were like, you know, try to do a little sexier and sultrier. And I was like, I saved that for one particular place with one particular person, you know, like, and so it, it took me a little bit to like, get a little bit more comfortable. And I remember they forced me to do this exercise where they were like, you have to wear, and I preface this by saying, when you work in radio, you can wear like sweats to work every single right. day. 
And so they're like, okay, go to work, wear high heels, wear your, like your cutest dress, like just like sex it up at work. And I was like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> You'd be the only one without hands on. <laughs> I was. And my boss Elvis was like, are you going for an interview somewhere? And I'm like, no, it's this stupid exercise that I have to do. But that being said, I tried that on. It pushed me out of my comfort zone. I realized it was a little further than I want. It's not how I want to be every single day. It's not what I'm comfortable with, but I feel more confident now when I do do those things because it's like, cool, I tried it and here we go. So yeah, you definitely have to kind of like pick and choose, but ultimately it's like what feels the most comfortable to you in stepping out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Did you, so you were in a couple different radio stations. And did you feel the need to change your personality or who you are or what you stood for in different environments? No, never. Thank God. Yeah. I've been really lucky. Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked for people that genuinely embrace who we all are. Um, Elvis in particular is one of these people who's collected this group of people along the way. And every single person on that show is so different. And he celebrates that. Mm -hmm. And I think because that's the first place that I worked, it allowed me to continue that through the rest of my career. If I hadn't started with him, I honestly don't know that I would have been as confident throughout Mm -hmm. the rest of my career being because really what this comes down to, and for those, those listening who are, are thinking about putting their own personal brand together, I think there's a couple of lessons that I just want to pull out and carry and, and, and Lauren, Please. you guys are going to know more than I, better than I, because this is you, but what I'm hearing is you have to be authentic and you have to be you, but that it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, not danger, but, uh, temptation to be somebody else, right. In order to get the masses to follow you. And so have you seen, and this was for Carrie, you too, what, where have you seen maybe other people in the industry fold to that temptation? And what was the outcome for them? Like for all those listening, like, should you have, is there any situation where it's okay to have another persona in order to build your, your personal brand and where that ended well? <laughs> right. I can think of one disaster that happened not that long ago. And that was with Megan Kelly, who went from oh. Fox News to NBC and the whole effing thing went down in flames. And so did she. Mm-hmm. And it's because people did not, I mean, it's for a number of reasons, but, but the reason there was stink on that show before it even launched is because nobody bought her as this fluffy morning show host on a more left-leaning network. When on Fox, she was this hardcore, I'm going to, you know, nail you to the wall, conservative, you know, interviewer, like you, the, the, the change in brand was just too great. And anybody who was outside of the immediate circle, Megan Kelly and herself and the people who made that decision, assuming you could take one brand that was successful here and make the transition to something that was entirely different. Anybody who was looking in from the outside, could have told you that wasn't going to work. And I'm surprised, frankly, that it lasted as long as it did. Um, but she didn't even make it through her first contract. Well, and I mean, the blackface thing did not help. So let's no, just that didn't that. help either. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but the truth is making a comment like that, likely on a more conservative station wouldn't have gotten the blowback that it did yep. at NBC and from the NBC viewers. And I'm, I, you know, listen, I'm not diving into right and wrong. I have very no. strong feelings um, about 
what went down, yes. but that's just an example of how, mm-hmm. right. Trying to totally change who you are, that doesn't work. Right. And, yeah. and she should have known that from the get-go. Or if you're going to decide you're going to be somebody, you've got to be that person, right? You're so when you're building person. your personal brand, consider being authentic and, and laying it out there because it's going to be hard to change later. So be who you want to be for the next 20, 30 yeah. years. Right. Yeah. And I, that's a perfect example that I never would have thought of, Carrie. Yeah. That, that's an excellent example. And the other thing too that I struggle with along these same lines is my husband and I talk about this a lot. He's like my, he's like my manager. He's like my biggest cheerleader. And, um, you know, I said, well, you know, there, there are certain people that started in this industry sort of around the same time that I did. And they seem to have a much bigger following. Maybe I'm doing something wrong. And he was like, you know what? you cast a much narrower, but deeper net Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And they cast a very wide, but perhaps shallow net and that's okay. And I think that like the one thing that I've really tried to accept throughout this whole ride and hopefully going forward is that there is space for every single person to have that brand that they have. And if it's not your kind of brand, it's okay. There's an ask for every chair. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be that ask for (laughs) that chair. It is totally fine. Um, But when you're comparing yourself to other people and understanding, well, like how does their brand compare to mine? It's okay if it's not as large, because maybe you're just shooting for a much narrower audience. You know what, as you're saying this, Lauren, it's kind of, it's blowing my mind a little bit because I just had like an epiphany in marketing. When we're doing brands for companies, I spend days, weeks, months looking at competitors, comparing brands, seeing how to differentiate, figuring out what the angle is. Like, what are we, how are we going to go to market? What are we going to change about this? How are we going to be unique? And you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing and what, what I just realized is that with the personal brand, none of that matters. Mm-hmm. You have to be you and then let them come and that's it. And just continue to be you. And yeah. the more raw, the more authentic, the more willing to share you are the, it's almost like making friends. Like you're going to yeah. have true friends or not. And it's almost person sounds like to me, like personal branding is almost the opposite of everything I've ever teach people corporate brand. Right. I love that. I never thought of that. I don't know. Is that true? What do you guys think? I think so. I do. So, yeah, I, I do. I do. And the reason, I mean, you can have a personal brand within a corporate brand. Like I have some, you know, clients who are not business owners, but who work for a, you know, a larger corporation. And although that corporation has a brand, they're encouraged to have their own personal brand within the confines of that. You know, I mean, it, it obviously there's some overlap outside of the confines as well, but within that organization. And that's their like through line, whether, you know, whether this is happening or that is happening, or, you know, this is of the moment or it's not of the moment anymore. That's sort of where they lie. And that's any, any sort of the pressures may mount to move outside of your comfort zone or move not out of your comfort zone, but out of your brand. And my advice is always, you know what, that may make you popular in the moment, but two years from now or five years from now, are you going to have to reveal yourself as an entirely different person with a different persona? And it, cause that's going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. So that part has to remain the same. Businesses can fluctuate and change and they respond to pressures from the market and new innovation and all that other stuff. And our, that changes somewhat 
within our own persona as well, but there's always a through line and that remains 100% the same. You know, I, I liken it sort of to, I mean, it, it is, in a similar but opposite situation to the Katie Couric thing, right? She felt pressure to be this hardcore journalist. She went from the Today Show to CBS and she went down in flames there, you know? Um, and it's not always, it doesn't always go down that way. I'll give you another example. I'm using a lot of news analogies. Uh -huh. No, but everybody knows them. <laughs> But Tucker Carlson, mm -hmm. he who is now a prominent anchor on Fox News, he started at MBC, MSNBC with very little to no success, and he then he he transitioned over to Fox News. Now he didn't have a strong personal brand at MSNBC. Show never really gained any traction. Is, which is why I think he was able to make that transition, number one. And number two, I think the Fox brand is probably more authentic to who he is right. um, as a person anyway. So that's why that transition worked. I, I suppose my answer here is that there, there's not a one size fits all, but there are some rough guidelines that you generally try and stay in between in order to guide that, that change yeah. if you're going to make it. So I want to I want to change my last comment as I'm continuing to ponder all this <laughs> or, or adjust it. So while you should be some semblance, I think, in your personal brand of yourself and who you are, and of course, what you stand behind your core values. Let's be realistic. We all we all inflate it, right? We all take it to the next level because the more you inflate it, the more attention you might get. Right. So there's a little bit of like peacocking. I don't know if that's a thing, but yeah, it is a thing. Definitely. Is yeah. it happening? But there, I think there has to be, but as long as the essence and the core is who you are and what you want to stand behind, I think it will make the transition a little bit easier, right? So there's certain people who would never, based on the things they say and the beliefs they had, work at NBC or Fox right. or right. You know, whatever it might be. So, mm -hmm. um, but what I love that you said about the Elvis Duran shows, I feel like he must be doing something right because his strategy is just to collect people who are authentic with different personalities yes. and you can't lose, right? That's it, absolutely. And it's, it's funny that you say about peacocking because at the time that we're recording this, I'm doing that exact thing on my social media right now. And it kills me. I cringe <laughs> when I- Now we all know. I know. Send, bro, I'm gonna send you a meme to peacocks. It's gonna be- <laughs> Your whole social media for the next couple of weeks. Right. You know what sucks is that we're the female peacocks and we don't have the plumage. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I wasn't even going to think go that far into Terry. It was just <laughs> sorry. I went into the weeds with that. Go ahead. I love it. No, but it's so true, and it's funny because. So my, my good friend and I are starting this podcast and I am not the kind of person that promotes my stuff. I'm not good at it. That's part of the reason that my social has remained pretty much the same. Also shrunk a little bit since I left the TJ show and we got canceled, but I realized that there's like this fine line, like there's some work you have to do, right? Like you have to tell people, yes, I have this brand new podcast, go listen to this. Mm -hmm. And it's so unlike me that I feel so cringy, but I really hope that I'm finding these very honest ways to say, guys, this makes me super, super uncomfortable. 
but hear me out for a second. I, I need your attention, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah. and I think, I hope that there's a way to do that to peacock while almost like calling it out. Like I'm peacocking right now, but like, just deal with it for one second and please yeah. help me out. Yeah. I feel cringe, but, but help me get through it very quickly, please. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you have to. And especially as Carrie was talking about earlier about the fact that video, this is, especially in this virtual COVID world, we have to, this is how we're communicating now. Yeah. And this is how we're putting ourselves out there. And so it's really uncomfortable for a lot of people. It's always been uncomfortable for me. I don't know, Carrie, it was uncomfortable for you in the very beginning, right? You know, you used to hate public speaking. Oh, I, well, I mean, yeah, that was years ago. And then eventually I was You're like, like I'm, I'm over it. I'm, a pe- <laughs> well, I'm, over, the, I'm over the fear. Y'all right. are going to have to deal with me. But I I think this is something that we all have to get over. So it's more of of a discomfort that we have to brag a little bit. That's marketing. Yeah, it is. And it's, again, if you're going after a personal brand so that you can do this radio show or that radio show or this podcast and be, you know, transferable wherever. Yes. You're going to have to pick some authenticity and then peacock the hell out of it. (laughs) Yep. I want to, let me see if I can find, because I want to try to give her the credit that to do, and I might not be able to very quickly, but Um, there was a a woman who is in radio and she said, it's not bragging if it's facts Ah. really just like totally realigned the way I was thinking about things because I was like, man, this makes me so uncomfortable. And I was like, you know what? It isn't bragging if it's facts. That is truth. And I'm okay with that. So I'll find it. We can circle back. I'll, I'll, I'll try to, uh, to let you know. Oh, here we go. Um, Nikki Sparrow is her name. Okay. I want to give her some credit, but it was just one of those things where I saw it and I was like, yeah, I have to be a little bit more comfortable and confident in bragging because what you do and how you do it. I mean, I think the thing is it doesn't matter how great you are. If, if you're not willing to talk about it, um, nobody's going to know know you're there. Yeah. 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 100%. So Lauren, tell us, um, tell, tell us, well, you know what? Let's edit this part. Well, actually, maybe we won't. Rachel, go ahead. <laughs> We're authentically I am like authentically a shit show this morning. <laughs> Kids are knocking on the door. Things are going around. And I'm not even drinking. We don't even oh, yeah, know yeah. that no. the interview questions went out the window 20 minutes ago. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so let me ask you, as we wrap up, There were so many tidbits here because this was just a really fun conversation, but I want to try to pull it back and figure out what is it that we want to leave people with? Like if you want to create your own personal brand or start video content or start representing your company, you know, in different ways and to gain trust through your followers. Because one thing we didn't talk about is a lot about a lot of this authenticity comes down to people trusting yeah legit right yeah so what should we leave them with like the couple things i heard was you have to be authentic you have to brag or peacock is there anything else that we feel like is so important to the success of building your own personal brand yeah one thing i would say is you have to interact as much as humanly possible and i know to me, it feels like a full-time job sometimes, honestly, just like sitting there. And, and that's not to say that I'm a person that has like all these people in my DMs, like, wow, you're so great. But when you have a few of them and you want to try to keep up, it's, it's very challenging mm-hmm. the, the larger your social account yeah. grows. And so even just scrolling through and doing a quick like, if that's all you can give, but to really like set aside that time, if you can and interact, not only is it going to get obviously more, um, you know, it's going to make you more visible with the 
algorithms, but it just, it means a lot. Like the number of times that I've taken a minute to be like, oh, thank you so much for listening. Or, oh my God, that's hilarious. My husband does that too, you know, when they respond. So really, honestly, just the more you can comment and interact, it's obviously going to work to your advantage with the algorithm, but also it just goes a really long way that people with people who have invested in you. And, and I think that's an easy way to say thank you. Yeah. Do you ever get any offensive or gross pictures that are DM to you? No, not necessarily. Um, because I didn't have Instagram when I was really oh, yeah. single. Like I kind of only got it like once I was in a relationship with my husband. It doesn't usually stop people. No, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I but most of my followers are women, to be honest with okay, you. Okay. I, I really, I've accepted the fact that like the few men that follow me are like really cool, nice guys. But generally speaking, I'm not a man's cup of tea because I'm quite outspoken about the issues that we face <laughs> with women. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Carrie, gotcha. cool. I think you've gotten a couple interesting. Oh yeah, you oh. sure do. <laughs> people who want you to rate it and oh. people who then when you go back to their Facebook uh, profile, you can see them at their child's first communion with their wife in the background. If you take nothing away from this, please know that your neighbors are effing weird. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're all over the place. Oh, <laughs> yes. If you watch NBC with Carrie Barrett, you're a creep. <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us where people can find you, Lauren, if they'd like to learn more about you, what you sure. do, what you're looking to do, your podcast that you have coming up. Yeah. Give us all those deets. Thanks. So you can find me on social, all the socials, Lauren Ray, um, but my parents spelled my name weird. So it's L-O-R-E-N-R-A-Y-E. Very helpful. Um, <laughs> you can also find me at laurenray.com. That has everything. And our brand new podcast is with my friend Vimo the Prince. He is a TikTok king. Uh, he has like over a million followers. It is so bizarre. He's like famous now. Um, our podcast is called Nonsense and Nostalgia with Vimo the Prince and Lauren Ray. We just talk about a lot of 90s stuff because we're 90s kids at heart. Oh my God, can I come on your podcast? Yes. Oh my God, yeah. We I have so many things and yes. I listen to 90s music in my free time. My kids I love it. Like I'm all into Blink-182 again now. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> the best. And now Travis Barker's dating Kourtney Kardashian. So. I know. And it's a little, speaking of, wait, speaking okay, of what? being off and on brand really right. quickly, I don't know if you guys follow Carly Aquilino, the comedian, but she did this great little thing about how Kourtney Kardashian began to date him and like her entire image changed. And I was right. like, yeah. and it, it kind of like the whole thing reminds me of like when you're in middle school and you're like, yeah, I totally love all that kind of music. Uh, I'll I'll learn from about it right now. Now. <laughs> I love you it. Your whole wardrobe right. in a week. Because yeah, that's what she did. It was everything bizarre. changed. Right. It went from like high end to now I'm wearing like baseball caps backwards and converse sneakers <laughs> and like the whole yeah. nine yards. But so she weird. can sustain it. Her brand, their that brand oh, yeah. can sustain on She's almost okay. anything. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'll be just fine. Yeah. But that's where you can find me, LaurenRay.com on socials. Um, check out our podcast. It's brand new as of this week. We're we're launching this week. So Awesome. You were fabulous. Thank Thank you. you. This was fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to our fabulous audience. That was this episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We'll see you back here next week. Same time, same place. It's a teaser.
Coming up on the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing, we all know what LinkedIn is, but do we really know how to optimize our profiles? Do we know what we should be saying and what we shouldn't be saying so that we're able to network and market to that platform's fullest capacity? Well, if you don't, or you're not sure, or maybe even if you think you do, I promise you will learn something new from this next episode with Joe Applebaum. He is a LinkedIn master. He'll tell you exactly what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and how to make sure that your LinkedIn profile gets noticed. It's coming up next.